Minority Retort on X-Ray FM. X-Ray FM. And now, Minority Retort with Jason Lamb. All right, it's Friday morning on X-Ray in the morning. That means it's time for Minority Retort. My name is Jason Lamb. I'm the co-host and co-producer of Minority Retort, the comedy show, which you can see at the Siren Theater. It's an all-people-of-color comedy show hosted by myself, Naraj Srinivasan, and Julia Ramos. And in fact, you can see it tomorrow night at the Siren Theater at 8 p.m. We've got a great lineup of people-of-color comedians, which is going to be headlined by my guest today, who's joining me on the phone line. He is a very talented and funny comedian whom you may have seen on Jimmy Kimmel Live, as well as Comedy Central, and he's performed all over the country, including right here in Portland's Bridgetown Comedy Festival, and it's going to be a pleasure to welcome him back to the show, and it's a pleasure to welcome to the show right now, Neil Nanda. Neil, how are you? Good, man. How you doing? Good. Good to talk to you. Thanks for joining me this morning. Yeah, absolutely, man. So listen, uh, what can people expect to see at the show when they come out to the Siren Theater for Minority Retort tomorrow? Jokes. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's all you want to see at a comedy show, man. Um, I mean, yeah, my comedy, it's very personal, and you're going to hear a lot of uh, trash talk about my family, and uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. But um, yeah, man, above all, you're going to hear jokes and you're going to laugh. Good. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Simple answers, man. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's okay. I, I like it short and sweet. That's, that's fine. Short and sweet. Uh, we can work with that. And you're laughing. That's so right. There you go. Look at this. Exactly. This is what we're going to do to you tomorrow. Look at God. Look at what we've done. Look at what we did. <laughs> So, so listen, I want to ask you, uh, for folks that may not be uh, familiar with you and your work, um, you, uh, your folks are from India, and yes. uh, they actually, their, their marriage was an arranged marriage. Right. They met at their wedding. <laughs> <laughs> first time they met. It was love at first wedding. <laughs> that sounds like a beautiful story. Uh, that was beautiful. But you yourself, you grew up in Atlanta. Yes. And I was wondering... Yeah, I grew up... Yeah, go ahead. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, I grew up in the suburbs of Atlanta. Okay. But I claim Atlanta because no one knows what Alfreda is. <laughs> right. <laughs> that makes sense. But I was wondering, at, at what point did you find out that your parents' marriage was arranged, and how did you feel about it when you found out? Well, um... You know, do you, do you come from an? Do you have Indian parents as well? <laughs> I actually don't. I, I I'm not yeah. sure. Actually, I, I need to look I'm into not that. Sure what you are? I don't know what lamb is. What is that? <laughs> are you? A, are you a lamb? Well, I don't want to go into the history of this country, but it, it turns out it's a lot of things. Ah, uh, you 23 and meet me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I see. Um, well, I, I knew my parents were arranged uh, pretty much my entire childhood. And um, it never really, it never bothered me because it always felt like my parents had more of a business partnership than a relationship. It was kind of like a, a deal that was struck by their parents. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it wasn't like, and so I just thought all relationships were like that. I was like, oh, I can't wait until my parents introduced me to my business partner, you know? <laughs> 
So, yeah, I, I've, I've always known. I, I found out the story later in life when I was writing, when I started writing jokes, I, I started writing jokes about my parents' arranged marriage. I called my mom and I asked her to tell me the specific story. And every, every like, thing she told me, I was like, that's hilarious. I have to write that down. Wait, what? You did that? And then I wrote that down. And uh, I figured out exactly how it went down. But, um, yeah, I've always known. And I'm wondering about growing up in Georgia uh, as an Indian kid. You know, the, the South, of course, is the, uh, uh, the fertile crescent of white supremacy and racism. But the Atlanta area has also has a, uh, a very robust, vibrant black population. Um, mm-hmm. I was wondering what it was like for you growing up as an Indian kid in that environment. Uh, I had to pick a side, so I threw on some Jay-Z and some Eminem, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 went, uh, I went the hip-hop route, sagged my pants, learned how to freestyle, which I wasn't freestyling. I used to, always, I used to rap when I was in, uh, I started rapping when I was in third grade, and um, that was just, you know, I don't know, I guess just to stand out or whatever, but I, I, I remember I used to freestyle, but I wouldn't really freestyle. I'd write down my freestyles, and then I would go to school the next day and be like, yo, 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 this is straight up off the dome. And everyone would be like, oh, he's coming up with this right now, but I wasn't. It <laughs> <laughs> um, sounds like a really pragmatic approach to, uh, to rapping. Yo, it worked. No one questioned me for like six years. It was cr- I was doing the same rhymes. <laughs> I remember specifically one year I just did the same rap over and everyone was like, dude, he's freestyling right now. It's like, yeah, man, you know what it is. <laughs> same freestyle every time. Um, but yeah, growing up in the South was fun. I, I It wasn't as um, divisive uh, as you would think. I grew up in a pretty good suburb. Atlanta is very diverse. So, you know, when you see... Uh, you know, racism and bigotry and stuff like you're going to see in Georgia. There's also a lot of diversity, a lot of friends that'll have your back, and um, it's it's a it's an it's a good place to grow up because you're at least experiencing everything, and you and you're not you're there's no blind eye turned to the world. You you know exactly what you're getting into when you grow up in Georgia. Gotcha. So, listen, in, earlier you mentioned how uh, your act is, is based a lot on uh, talking about your family and, and, uh, and, and how you grew up and, and things. Um, and you had a pretty rough childhood, um, which you've... I'm a comedian. <laughs> what do you expect? You think uh, my parents were just <laughs> like handing me roses every day and telling me how perfect I am? Not what happens when you're a comedian. Well, I mean, and you've been on the record about um, uh, the conditions of, under which you grew up, um, you know, suffering physical abuse and um, from your father, and and um, but it's not something that it seems to really permeate your your act in, in terms of um, you know delving into your your secret pain or anything um even though that's the kind of the the perception that we have of comedians you just talked about you know that they're they're dealing with some some private pain um and and the stage is is uh is a way of working through um those issues 
uh, I was wondering how sure. you how you came to comedy from where you the experiences that you had growing up and, and how did that how did that lead you to comedy and how does comedy help you deal with it? Sure. So uh, first of all, not a secret. I'll let anybody know. Uh, I have gone on the record about it. Um, I did come from a, an abusive childhood, I guess, and um, I made excuses for it for a long time because I was like, hey, I'm Indian. That's just what Indians do. But then I learned that's racist, and uh, that's not what we do, and that's not just a cultural thing. And, you know, uh, my parents raised me in America where that's not the norm and that's not how you should treat your children. And um, how I came to comedy from that is, you know, I always needed to have a creative outlet. I always wanted, um, anytime I had adversity, you know, making lemonade out of lemons, I would always turn to a creative outlet. Uh, outlet. I would, uh, I started, uh, I was in a band first. I bought a, first I was a rapper, like I mentioned. I was freestyling. To, I was freestyling away the pain. And then... <laughs> <laughs> straight off the dome straight off the dome every time and uh, then I got a guitar and I joined a band and again all of this was in rebellion because you know it's hilarious because when I was a kid I used to, I wanted to get a guitar and I thought my parents were opposed because they were like you know they didn't believe in me I thought they weren't supportive but it turns out they believed in me too much they thought I was going to turn into Led Zeppelin and start doing drugs off of strippers and stuff, you know? Mm. <laughs> and uh, so I, I I played guitar, and then um, when I got into college, I realized that being in a band sucks because I have to rely on four other people, and I didn't want to do that. So I just started... Uh, I, I actually started writing jokes in high school, but, um, you know, st having uh, a... A difficult childhood it definitely taught me how to and whether this is healthy or not uh, it taught me how to kind of drown out the noise by using a creative outlet I, I always say I always tell people I think I was funnier when I was poorer uh, when I had less money because I would write jokes to avoid my stomach rumbling mm. you know yeah yeah um, so um I was always able to just turn that adversity into a creative outlet, and um, you know, I think every, I think most comedians have uh, somewhat of a troubling past. Most artists, in general, have dealt with you know either family issues or just lifestyle issues, and whether or not that comes across in their work, vulnerably, you know, we, it, it sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. But I think just using a creative outlet to get past that is an important skill that a lot of artists pick up. So I was wondering, when you were first started to explore comedy, um, who were some of the, the comedians that uh, you gravitated toward and that influenced you, um, particularly any comedians of color that, that might have had an impact on you? Hmm. When I first started comedy, um, I was into uh, all the one-liner guys when I first started. I was a big fan of uh, Dimitri Martin, Stephen Wright, you know, great comedians of color, and um, <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Hedberg, another uh, comedian of color that inspired oh, yeah. me. Oh, yeah. 
no, I didn't. You know, I didn't really pick favorites, or I, I didn't really, uh, you know, look, seek out co- specific comedians based on their background. I was just, I was a fan of the writing. I was a huge fan of uh, Demetri Martin. When I was in middle school, I would write down. I would watch Mitch Hedberg and Stephen Wright and Demetri Martin, and I would write their jokes in a notebook, and I would go tell that joke at lunch. Uh, in middle school, and I didn't know I was stealing jokes. I just thought I was like telling jokes. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so that's how I started. That's how I started, and that's what taught me how to write jokes structurally because I would write them down word for word so I could repeat them. Mm. And I would watch them on my TV. No, there was no TiVo or rewind or anything, so I have to get real fast. But I would go in. I would have a notebook with me while I was watching Comedy Central. And I would write down my favorite jokes. And that would sometimes bleed into people like uh, Wanda Sykes was really big. She was great. I loved her stuff. I couldn't say most of it. Uh, I was like, well, I got to take out that word. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then um, Aziz Ansari, when he, was, when he did his premium blend spot, I loved that joke about Jamba Juice that he had. I don't know if you remember that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, about stabbing the guy at Jamba Juice. That was a good one. <laughs> um, and then um, Comedians of Color. I mean, I was always, I mean, as everybody of our generation was, a huge Chappelle fan. I mean, Chappelle was one of those shows my parents wouldn't let me watch when I was a kid. Right. So I would have to, like, sneak it. I would have to, when, I would have to watch it with the previous channel button. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. That when they walked in, I had to flip to Full House. I'd be like, Haha, Comet is so funny, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, but Chappelle was like a cultural phenomenon. Chappelle was one of those shows where, when it, there was a new episode the next day, that was the only thing people were talking about in school, right. you know. So that was he was another one that uh, that really that that I really loved. But uh, comedians of color, I guess, you know, even at a young age, I really liked Aziz and uh, Russell Peters, of course. Oh, sure. Yeah. His explosion on YouTube. Oh, my God. I stole so many of his jokes, too. Oh, my God. I, I would go, I would, uh, you know, uh, I think I was in like middle school when that special came out in Canada. And I would go to school the next day and be like, my friend Brian. I didn't have a friend named Brian. You know, I would just, <laughs> you know, totally make up just steal everything yeah it was crazy my white friend kyle and then everyone was like you mean russell's <laughs> i was like oh yeah <laughs> i guess um but yeah those were some early influences um I'm trying to think of that. more i mean of course also i was a big def jam comedy guy yeah. being in atlanta big fan of chris tucker's uh martin lawrence and uh mark curry you remember Mark oh yeah, Curry? yeah, I love Mark Curry. Yeah, Ooh, I love Mark Curry. He's still killing it, man. Yeah. I saw him at the Improv a few months ago, man. He still got it. He still got the juice, man. He's a funny guy. Well, uh, unfortunately, we were out of time, Neil. Um, but I really want to thank you for joining me today. And, oh, absolutely! Uh, Thanks for having me. Yeah, and I want to let people know that uh, you can come see notorious high school joke thief Neil Nanda on Minority yeah. Retort tomorrow at the Siren Theater. And we're really looking forward to having you, Neil. Yeah, man, I can't wait. Just jokes and laughs. That's all you're going to get. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for joining me, and uh, we really appreciate it. We look forward to seeing you tomorrow. And uh, we'll be back to wrap up the show in just a moment.
You're listening to X-Ray FM at KXRY Portland and KQAC HD3 Portland at 107.1 and 91.1 FM, streaming online everywhere at xray.fm. We'd like to thank Tom Dwyer and Tom Dwyer Automotive who helped kickstart X-Ray. We thank them for their continued support today. Located at the east end of the Selwood Bridge at 530 South Tanana Street, where they've been for 30 years, Tom Dwyer Automotive specializes in vehicle repair and maintenance services. Thanks for being eco-certified and for initiating your carbon neutral project. You can find out more at tomdwyer.com.